Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky, here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we kind of got to the point at the end of our last episode from the Food, Clothing, Shelter, and Work series that we're doing that the ultimate is to get to a situation where you're fully alive. And as you said, that becomes saints. You know, we, we've talked a lot about this series, about the directions to go to. And we both have kind of come at it from two different directions, but gotten to the same conclusion, essentially, which is going out and doing graces everywhere you can at all times by giving your talents or your resources, um, whatever it may be, is essential. And that every single person is unique. There is no one single way that we all will fit into. Because we're all individuals and we're all different. And obviously that, that ties into a lot of things. You know, why every life matters. Why every, why every soul is important. Why we're all confirmed into one body. You know, why all of that comes together. And we came from it from essentially looking at it from an economic standpoint. And we've talked many times, and this is, in my world, the problem that probably implements into society, most people are bad at managing. Most There's a lot of bad managers out there who, for because of their business structure or they themselves, don't have the freedom and ability to do well at motivating others, and therefore they're putting people into boxes and hindering them. Now, at the end of the day, don't get me wrong. We all need to grow. And if, if the company doesn't make money, everyone loses their job. That's true everywhere. It's also true for governments, even though that's a different topic. Um, we, we have a situation where even if we're in a job where we don't have the amount of freedom that we'd like in terms of what we're allowed to say or do or, or what have you, we can still grow in our abilities to become better at connecting to each other. And that's ultimately how society will grow. Uh, you, you mentioned with a great example there about just helping and giving your gifts, whether it be providing food for a food shelter, helping deliver it, helping sort it, or, or, or what have you, and the rewards that people get out of it. You know, just because you might not be able to sell a $3 million jet or make a $3 million jet doesn't mean you're not bringing something to the table that grows and helps everyone. Um, so that's a very kind of long summary of, of, of where we were at here. And I don't want to take anything away from it by putting, you know, a monetary spin on it. But at the end of the day here, when we're doing things right for people, everything else will work out because as we were kind of tipping the, the surface of the iceberg with in last episode, the more alive we all become, the more, the more true and open to ourselves we are inherently going down that same vision of growth. You have to be coming closer to Christ and the Holy spirit. Um, Unless I'm completely wrong on that natural conclusion, that's kind of where it makes sense to me as far as where I'm going. 
So tell me if I'm right or wrong, Father. Um, well, I think uh, there's a there's a mutual reinforcement there. I mean, we're as we as we become more fully alive, we are uh, growing closer to God. As we grow closer to God, we become more fully alive. There's a there's a mutual reinforcement in that. And one of the things that was coming to me as you were you were talking, an area that's been uh, a beautiful development in my own life is appreciating, coming to know and appreciate some of the assessments that have become available in the last twenty years. I guess I'm thinking in particular of. Uh, Strengths finders, Gallup Strengths finders, that identifies 34 unique talent themes, and everybody has them is the idea, but in more or less, and it corresponds to neuroscience research, and it's a kind of a, a beautiful combination of science and sociology to recognize create an assessment and, and recognize the kind of arrangement of, that human beings have and the way that our, our neural patterns form and the myelin sheath develops in neural circuitry and all of this kind of stuff that's sort of fascinating in its own right. And then sociology to recognize these different strengths that are, that are there in us and then to tease those out. And it requires not just kind of taking a thing and getting some answers, but then there's a real development and self-awareness process that grows through a process of coaching and helping people to identify and then develop their talents into strengths. And then that's at an individual level. And then at a corporate or at a community level, understanding how to harmonize those different unique individuals and the collection of talent themes and you know which have been developed into strengths that and to see where they can make a a contribution a unique contribution to whatever it is to a parish to a a business to a, a friendship group to a cooperative to a whatever there's lots of different things that we organize ourselves into and things that we do together but working in our talents working developing them into strengths working out of our strengths is is so tremendously beneficial and uh, some of the the research there is just fascinating about how much more room for growth we have in our strengths than in our weaknesses and americans are better than the rest of the world recognizing that like 54 percent of americans i think it is or maybe it's even less than that but i mean it's it's still tremendously low in terms of recognizing that strength-based assessment and strength focus and doing what we do well better and trying to stay in our own sweet spot and offer what we have there is far more effective than spending a ton of time in our weaknesses. You know, there's a benefit also, there's a certain degree to which we can bring up our, our weaknesses and, and develop those, but there's real limits to that. So anyway, just uh, hearing about, you know, becoming fully alive at a human level, human development level, understanding our, our own unique creation, our own unique development and our own patterns of strength and 
using those and developing those is going to help us to be more fully alive. And it's very satisfying to talk about our own strengths, to share them with others, and to be in a place where we can really thrive that way. And it's not, it's not really limiting, not ultimately limiting in the kinds of things we can do. We just have to learn that our, my approach to something might be different than your approach to something. Um, I might be a little bit more relational and more inclined to get several people to work together to achieve a goal. Somebody else might be a little bit more thinking oriented and need to take a little time in the cave to uh, sketch out a plan and then come out with something uh, more robust and developed that emerges and they can then present to a group to put into practice. Some people may be more doing like, let's just start doing it, you know, and we'll just keep hammering it away and we'll fix our mistakes and we'll just forge ahead. And some people may be more influential and kind of convincing other people to carry it out, that it's a good idea and then to, to put it into practice. So anyway, just understanding our own uniqueness and then contributing that on the other side, a good manager, as you were talking about a minute ago, is one who can really see that and see the uniqueness of the people he has or she has and can really develop that and form that and put that into practice, get people in the right positions, but also encourage people to do things the way that they need to do them that will be most effective rather than forcing them to do them my way. You know, people, other, nobody else is made like me. So uh, I need to help people do things in their way and that's going to be ultimately more effective for us. Anyway, those are just some thoughts that, that came to me. And uh, spiritually speaking, of course, God made us uniquely. And as we discover the pattern of strengths and motivations, the, what brings satisfaction and the desires that we have, we're going to be living out his plan for us by becoming more fully human and offering what he has given us in, in our daily lives. Sure. And that's, that's absolutely right. You know, people are going to focus upon what they want to do and what they're good at tends to be what they want to do. It goes hand in hand. Now, granted, as you mentioned before, there's some baseline things that we all just need to have. You know, we all need to be able to communicate with each other. Take driving, for example. We all need to have the baseline of knowing how to stop and how to park. We all don't need to know how to go 220 around the Indianapolis 500. So, <laughs> you know, there's different levels. There's a, like kind of a base competency to have a functional life. But focusing on what makes you great. And pairing up with someone who's great in another department that you're not is ultimately how you do things well. Too often, I see people try to find someone who's exactly like them but lower um, in terms of their skill level, and then you just get chaos. Now, that's a problem. That's part of why managers are bad. But it's also when you know what you're good at, you're going to want to – you're going to be drawn to a specific type of profession. You know, if you're good at being a relational type of person and communicating, you're going to hate being stuck behind a cubicle all day in the artificial lights, you know, it, it, but at the same time, you might be the person who's great for going out and, and talking to people and presenting things. And that, you know, has all, all kinds of different avenues, which is why you get people to say, well, he's an engineer. He, they're all the same. All engineers are the same. Well, because they have mindsets that draw them to wanting to do that type of thing. But then you dive down a couple layers and say, oh, well, they're not. <laughs> they're all individuals, as, as we said there before. So that's where, you know, coming from 
the the starting point that got us to here was how to distribute it. Why ultimately it's best to do it on your own terms through grace as far as distributing um, distributing the gifts. As as you mentioned with the start of last episode, you guys choose to to go out and give the food to the homeless. No one's forcing you to do it. it you're choosing that and inherently giving of yourself and giving of your own resources to do that. And it's a completely different element when it's forced from an outside party that forces you to do it. First off, you're not getting the desire and the want nearly as much. You don't get anywhere near the results. So regardless of who's imposing it, if it's not a true, genuine desire to help, it never ends up being as effective. Um, so not to, to to get into everything else again, but that's part of why a totalitarian imposition is never good. It's one of the, the ugly byproducts of that. Because when you give people the freedom and the ability to help each other, the vast majority will. Um, there was a study the government did. This was at the turn of the last century, the 1900s. There was a, uh, I believe it was a hurricane that hit Galveston, Texas. And Congress was having this whole big debate about how much money they should give, what should be going on, blah, blah, blah. I believe it was Taft at the time was the president and said, we're not doing anything. You know, that's a Texas problem. We're not fixing it. Well, obviously they didn't have the type of communication then that they do now. So it took a little while. But the amount of money that ultimately was donated to the people who suffered from that event ended up being two and a half times as much what Congress was considering. And had Congress given the check, your typical America would have been like, okay, they're already taken care of. But as an individual and say, okay, I can't physically go to Texas, but I can give $20. It ended up being way more. And as Taft, who got totally criticized in the first place, I believe it was Taft, got totally criticized for not giving any money, ended up saying, hey, the grace that we got from this nation was worth me being put on the fire because this is how we're supposed to be. And giving people to their natural devices, that's how they will be. And the only real element that I get to say that the only reason we all would have a good light spark is I look at it as kind of an example that, you know, the spirits in us all and, and, and it's moving us. Some of us are like ships that can go further with a little bit of wind. Some of us need a big giant gust to get going, but it's in us all. And it's part of our jobs to be self alive and continue to grow. So sorry, I just went on another tangent there. <laughs> so uh, so if, if you have any thoughts as, as we're kind of concluding our food, uh, clothing, and shelter conversation here, um, as, as far as bringing the, the series home. Well, the uh, that's a, it's a great example, and I've thought about that for a while. There was a, there was a book that highlighted the kind of the, the giving – that happens when it's it's more free will than you know so anyway uh examples like that that show generosity coming forth when it's not already provided for at a lesser amount by somebody else and then obviously the balance of that you know uh, 
I don't think that no matter what happens in Haiti, uh, people are like really giving more because they, you know, I, there's a, there's a need for that, that government base. And then at the same time, you don't want to overdo it. And, and so I, I just think it's, uh, you know, as we, as we described earlier with the extremes that the, the extremes at either end, the government does everything, the government does nothing. Um, you know, neither of those extremes are helpful. And then how do you, how do you get that center point, right? How do you dial that for, for maximal, for, for optimal, uh, fine tuning. And, and that's where I think it's, it really is a living system. You know, it's, there isn't one answer for that. There's an answer, I hope this year, and there's an answer next year and another answer the you know, the year after that, but it requires that, that tension. And that's where the conversation I think is also so helpful. And even as we talk about, you know, not everybody can uh, do what you do in terms of managing the accounts and interacting with the people and getting the contractors and overseeing the work. And, you know, I'd, I'd be dead in about three days trying to do your job. But just as we have that at the business level, not everybody is outfitted for the same thing. I think even politically, there's God has created a certain balance of people so that there's meant to be a conversation and a communication and a tension and a debate that some people are kind of wired for maybe a little bit more just to make it really simplified, you know, a little bit more of the government spending. We need to do, we need to force people at least to give something so we can do something for whatever. And some people are going to be more, we can do this individually and there's charity here. And somehow the constant tension of that political debate is, is meant to produce the right answer, the, you know, the right middle ground, the, the right approach. And that's where my my greater sorrow over some of the places it seems again i'm i'm so dangerous uh talking about these things because i'm so uninformed but uh my my sense is that politically we've become polarized in a way that the conversation isn't happening and so the compromises aren't happening and the working together isn't happening and and the tension is breaking into a, a division rather than a fruitful tension that comes to a point of both sides saying, well, this isn't exactly what I wanted, but um, I guess it's, you know, the best that we can do for now. And actually that turns out to be the right middle ground, at least to move us forward. It's, we're never sort of perfectly there. And anyway, that's a, just, just a, one more observation about how we move forward. Because again, <laughs> Who, who knows how to manage 350 million people? I mean, I don't even comprehend what that is. That's just a lot of people, let alone China or something, you know, one point some billion people. How do you manage that? You can't possibly manage that other than that there are some processes in place and they're not perfect processes and they require fine tuning and they require people who have a shrill voice and can yell loudly and protest for something that's probably not exactly what's needed, but it pulls things in a direction. And, you know, it's like steering a big ship. You can't just turn the thing 180 degrees. You can turn it a little bit and you got to pull pretty hard to actually do that. You know, so I appreciate this discussion just to put out there the church's perspective of the big picture. You know, we're, we're trying to get enough of the basic necessities to everybody 
so that everybody can flourish in their the uniqueness of their humanity. And there are various distribution channels, all of which can be used, need to be used, and those are personal charity, those are ecclesial charity, those are family dynamics, and those are, you know, government is also a part of that uh, by, by divine design. And so these, these different groups, which are you know, various forms of family, I suppose you could think of them as, uh, are, are meant to provide at least what is the basic necessities, justice, the, to provide to people their rights so that people can flourish in their humanity. And ultimately, the flourishing of individuals leads to the flourishing of society, leads to more flourishing of individuals. You know, So that's the, the kind of model. And so I think it's useful to just take a couple steps back and look at that big picture and then you know, where am I in that process and how can I help by personal charity or by actually paying my taxes or by voting people into office who share my my vision of how that balance is best achieved or how can I employ people or uh, reach out through my own family? How can I take care of people and help them to flourish in the uniqueness of their of their humanity. So anyway, I appreciate the the discussion that we've been able to take on together in, in that regard. Yeah, I'm glad that we're able to help because as you mentioned, that conversation on most topics is is eroding. Um, and it, it kind of seems that for where we're at right now, it would only go this way because you have more and more decisive rhetoric which leads to a percentage of people becoming super into it and a larger percentage of just checking out like, mm-hmm. all right, we're not dealing with this. So the way that the primaries are built, you get so low Turner turnout because everyone's checked out only the most outraged and intensely engaged people are voting in those. So that's how it has gone. Mm-hmm further to the extremes because more and more people have chosen to opt out. So mm. therefore you're getting people who don't, who are, are for so far away that they don't even know how to come together. You know, but it used to be when everyone was checked in and the majority was there that there would be overlap in the circles and it would be, okay, we're going to play in this middle ground and make the living dynamics work. And, um, uh, and for better or worse, that that's where it is. Maybe at some point we will return back there where both sides are calm. But um, it, it's it's going to take a, a shift, and and hopefully we're part of that. Um, you know, to put it in the right direction, and ultimately, um, as as I've been trying to get across here and throughout it, is I I've always felt that the reason we do this cast, the reason of everything, is the closer you end up getting back to Christ, the better everything goes. It's just the way that it is. Um, So it's not always an easy path. I mean, we've talked about a lot of hard topics throughout the uh, the year and a half of doing this cast. We've, there's a lot of things that are just easier not to, not to grow. I mean, just to, to finish up the thought to sit back and, and not, do prudence, not try to learn more about it, which is engaging in a conversation and learning about it, not figuring out what everyone is due because you don't know them 
as far as what is just. Just saying that he's not he's not saying what I want, so therefore he doesn't deserve anything. But this guy who's saying what I want deserves everything. That's not justice. That's right. That's that's not the way that it is. Now there are some fundamental things that are just wrong, like violation of the Ten Commandments, like murder and stuff. You know, you're not gonna not gonna be able to convince that that's right. But it, it's not a complicated system, and and. This this is a one off. Just if I had a magical wand to change one or a couple of things, um, it would be that I would take off from a business standpoint. This isn't like a, a government thing. I would make it so that you're would be allowed to do those type of profiles that you mentioned before to see what people are good at and what drives them. You're not allowed to make hiring choices based upon those even though I know that there's a certain type of person who's better at being an assistant and there's a certain type of person who's better at being my sales manager. They are very different people. And if I could help guide them to the right job, they wouldn't be upset and have this personal anguish of trying to do something that's not their skill set because of that. And like, I know that I can't change that overnight. It's, it's either federal or state law. It doesn't really matter which. I'm not allowed to do it. But um, that's a little tangent. But I, I, I say that to give everyone kind of a self-reflection homework. Find out what you're best at and focus on what you're good at. You know, as you mentioned earlier, we, we focus so much upon what we're bad at to try to get better. You know, at the end of the day, watching the March Madness, there are some people who can really, really shoot a three-point shot, but they can't play inside defense at all. That's fine. That team still won. Um, you have surround yourself with people who can play inside, and you'll be the scorer. That's how all great teams are made. And ultimately, as individuals, we are called to be a team in the body of Christ. So sorry for going on a little bit of a, a side tangent there. Didn't mean to derail us here. But as we have a few moments here, Father, I'd like to let you give us the final thoughts as, as we conclude the series here. Yeah, I like the saying, there's no such thing as a well-rounded person, only a well-rounded team. It's a nice way to think about it. Um, I do want to just provide a little contrast with what you said in terms of using uh, assessments for hiring, Strength Finders actually doesn't promote itself as a selection tool. One of the things they found was that, uh, and, and Don Clifton, who developed it, thought, wow, now I have this tool. It'd be really interesting to use it on like the top 100 neurosurgeons in the world. I bet they have the same set of, of signature strengths. And what he found is that there was quite a wide variety of signature strengths what he found, though, was that the thing that they had in common was that they spent 90 to 95% of their time in their strengths. That's the, that's the real key. And so now there are obviously people that don't have any you know, strategic thinking strengths are not going to be great visionaries in the same way. But the point is, within a certain uh, realm – as long as people have the flexibility to do things in the way that they do them best, then mm -hmm. they're going to make, you know, different positions. They're going to make it work. 
they're just going to do it a little differently than somebody else did because they're going to do it a little bit more relationally or they're going to do it a little bit more uh, through through influence. They're going to do it a little bit more through personal achievement. So uh, I, anyway, I, th- I, I found that to be a really interesting point. Um, but then just to, to make a, a more concluding note, you know, I was thinking about kind of where we've been in the podcast and, and the topics we've covered. And this one, we, we seem to have veered or, or something, you know, we're, we're in these uh, very uh, human sociological realms. And I, I fear to think that I'm going to become a, a political commentator or something like that, uh, which is about the last thing I'm interested in doing. But just to say, you know, it does fit into the, the theme of all of these things being a part of the faith. And I think that's really useful that, that our faith is not just something that we do in church. You know, it's not just church on Sunday. It's not just this kind of private realm of prayer that, well, that's nice for you and maybe it's good for personal growth. Um, but it really is all encompassing. The, the Catholic church, the Catholic teaching, our, our faith and the role that prayer and spirituality play flow into everything that's human including all of these dimensions of the the temporal world. The Second Vatican Council identified that specifically as the place for the lay faithful to transform through the seeds of the gospel. You know, it's your role more than mine, uh, Joe, is to really carry your faith, to carry a mindset, a Christian mindset, the mindset of Christ, into the temporal realm. You know, all these things are passing away. Your business won't exist in heaven, (laughs) but it does exist on earth. And there's a way that the whole temporal realm, uh, the things that are passing away, material things in time, uh, can be transformed by the principles of the gospel. And so I am happy that we kind of wandered into a realm that is fitting for sociologists and politicians and historians and psychologists and uh, CEOs and you know, all these other people that you don't necessarily immediately think of church in the same sentence that you think of all of those other roles. But yeah, absolutely, it fits into church. And the the church's teaching has something to say about all of that that's, that's helpful. It's not totalitarian. It doesn't dictate, but it provides principles that can help guide decisions. And so anyway, I'm, I'm happy that we wandered into this space and hopefully I didn't overstep my expertise in making some of the comments that I've made, but happy to share at least the church's social teaching as some some light and guide for those everyday decisions. I, I don't think you did. And, and you know, I think that it's, it's a very important thing to recognize. You know, as you said, you can't take it with you when you go, but you do leave imprints upon everyone that you touch along the way. So if uh, that's just something to keep in mind with every day of your life. So we thank everyone for listening. Uh, We'll be back with you next week. And please thank you for uh, continuing to tell people for us growing. It has meant a lot. Thank you guys very much. We'll be with you next week.